0: As I look back at these fifteen years with my channel, which will be celebrating fifteen years on June fourth of this year, Lord willing, without any issues, and Lord willing, possibly with monetization uh, restored, I have to kind of look back and and kind of, I guess you could say, acknowledge the fact that through this channel, I've been able to you know discover that there are other people out there that are fans are the same stuff that I'm a fan of. One of those things that they are a fan of, believe it or not, like me, is the lustful milk gag. But what I found out throughout my 15 years, thanks to this channel, is they're fans of it, but in unique different kind of circumstances. Like, you know, basically they enjoy it happening, but they get a kick out of different ways that it occurs. But why is that? Why is that? Well, well, let's talk about that, shall we? And kind of understand why that is. You see, when it comes to the lustful milk gag, and I've talked about this before numerous times in this channel, it is a gag that, as TV Chopes basically puts it, is centered around a character, male or female, mostly female, no offense when I say that, or even or even when T V Tropes put it out there, because that's how they basically focus, you know, the article, the Wikipedia on, you know, or the description of it, you know, on. But basically the way T V Tropes put it, is the lustful melt gag is a gag that utilizes a character, male or female, mostly female where the character turns into a puddle of goop or a pile of goop, you know, at the sight of an attractive female or handsome male. Basically, you know, they end up in this situation when they get amored, if you will. They kind of get, you know, infatuated with this character. And there have been numerous, and I mean numerous, examples that even TV Tropes list that are out there and there are some that TV Tropes doesn't list that are, you know, that are out there. And, you know, the question is, though, why? Why are fans like myself, you know, you, know, you know, behind this? Why do we get a kick out of it? Well, as I've said many times in the past 15 years here on this channel, I think it's mainly because it's more of a visual aid of, you know, something that we know could never be done in real life. Like, you know, there's an episode of Major Dad, which I think you can find on on Netflix right now. You can find the Major Dad series on Netflix. There's an episode where he and his wife, and I've talked about this numerous times, they go on essentially a second honeymoon, and as they're kind of getting affectionate with each other in bed, she basically tells him that she's melting. And we know, we know that if this was a cartoon, if you will... There's a good chance she'd start doing that. That basically she'd start spraying across the bed into a puddle of goop. However, because this wasn't, this isn't a cartoon, we can only imagine it because she's saying how she's feeling, but visually we don't see it because it's live action. But that's where the lustful Femelque comes into play when it, you know, comes to animation, comics, or other stories um, in between basically it's the fact that in fiction you know animation fiction you know CGI animation fiction or you know you know written fan fiction fiction or even comics and stuff we can't see the gag you know in action we can and I said it best as well you know we've all come to I guess you could say realize that there are different I guess you could say different variations. Of the lustful milk egg they get utilized. There are. I mean, for example, for example, just to refresh you guys on some of this, to refresh you guys on some of this, one of the uh, variations of the lustful milk egg is when a character melts into a puddle completely. They, they melt into a puddle completely, but then after a few moments, they reform. A good example of this is Europe in 30 Minutes, which is a Tiny Toon Adventures episode. The original Tiny Toon Adventures, that is. And it's after Babs basically sees the royal the royal couple, that being Charles and Diane, and she ends up melting into a puddle of pink goop. Well, basically a pink puddle. Now you might say, why is she doing a lustful melt gig for them? And it's basically the fact that she's doing the more emora kind of you know, lustful melt. Basically the more um I guess you could say enticed, you know, um lustful melt. Basically the more um I guess you could say more I can't see, I can't even think how you would how you would, you know, look at it, but basically more of a more of a uh a- hammered, kind of a more of a you know, my heroes or you know what a life kind of deal, you know, you know to to live, or would like to live kind of deal. She, that's basically what she does. She basically does a variation of the lustful milk egg That's more of, out of, that's more out of admiration. That's the one I'm looking for. More out of admiration, for the royal couple. And it isn't until her friends Buster Plucky and Hampton run after the royal couple themselves, run through Babs as she's a puddle that's having little droplets of Babs splash all over, that after they do that, she ends up reforming. She does. Another example of this, believe it or not, is the original Animaniacs. And in season one, in the uh, Warner Short Space Probe. Basically, long story short on that, these aliens kidnap the Warners, and one of the things they do is they take Dot over to a machine, sit her down, put something like a little helmet on her, basically a mind-reading helmet, to see what her thoughts are. And she ends up visualizing, in one of those thoughts, essentially Mel Gibson, or a character that I guess is a representation of him. And then she starts fanning herself, sighing, while you see little smoke, you know, coming up. And next thing you know, while this is all happening, she's melting on the chair, into a white puddle with all that remains is her little flower uh, thing in her ear. All that remains is her ears and a flower on top of the puddle. And then the helmet basically falls down down on her. And then when the aliens go check to see what just happened, wondering, oh, did we just kill this girl? (laughs) You know, because it's like, what the heck just happened? Did something go wrong? Did we kill her? You know, she ends up reforming. She pops back up. Another example is, with everybody's very popular minx, Minerva. Minerva did this in her original cartoon, Meet Minerva. Now, Meet Minerva, long story short, was supposed to be the first cartoon uh, released uh, during the original Animaniacs run, but production-wise ended up being the second. But anyway, in Meet Minerva, she ends up doing the lustful milk gag when she ends up running towards her uh, best friend's cousin, who's a male minx, a hunky male minx, if you will, kind of, I guess you could say, like a, with a James Dean-like look, almost, or inspirated, you know, design. She ends up running towards him and literally melting through his arms. Literally, she melts basically through his arms where her upper torso, you know, along with her head and everything, goes one way, and then her bottom torso with her legs and everything go another. Basically, she melts through his arms by splitting it in half and basically becoming a puddle underneath. Then you think, okay, is she going to remain that way? No, she ends up reforming herself into an obnoxious bone horn and then back into her normal self with basically multiple, multiple heads sticking out, if you will. So, you know, she's done it and multiple other characters have done it. I mean, heck, even recent shows in the past decade, we've seen, you know, this uh, trope be done. We've seen it with Groove High and everything, with uh, Zoe's character being complimented by her friend who's in disguise as somebody else. You know, know, we've seen it, um, I guess you could say, with, um, with, what is it, Captain Flamingo, but we didn't actually see the reformation of Elizabeth, or Elizabeth, if you will. You know, we just uh, saw her melt and all that because uh, Flamingo was testing out a voice you know, change her device on one of his friends, and the voice, he, the voice mode that he chose was suave, and I guess it causes a girl to melt and all that. Anyway, anyway, again, it caused her to melt, Elizabeth's character to melt, but we didn't see her reform. We saw her basically back to normal, almost like a scene or so later. The, the point that I'm getting at is there's different variations, and a lot of people kind of do point that out. And you know, not just because I pointed it out, but because others pointed it out and see it too. I mean, but probably the biggest, you know, variation as well, and one of the most well-renowned, is a variation. Um, and I, and I have a video on this too, I'll, I'll try to link the video at the end here. Um, but there's a variation that's very well-renowned, very well-renowned, and that variation is basically. Uh, melting into a complete puddle and having to be reformed yeah and i'm not talking like with previously where they have to be to where they reform on their own no i'm talking basically somebody has to literally reform them or else you know you could go away for about two hours get something to eat you know at a local diner or something like that go see a movie and come back and they'd still be lying there as a melted puddle And there's been various examples of that throughout the years. That is no joke. That is not no joke whatsoever, folks. No joke. Because, for example, going back to Minerva, the first cartoon of Minerva that did air on on Animaniacs, the original one, was Moon over Minerva. Now, both her and the character Wilford did the gag. Wilford did it and everything, but he was still able to, to speak and everything. He was still able to Basically, he said afterwards that he couldn't feel his legs. Minerva, when she does it, not only does she say, you know, wahoo, my man, but she stands up straight and melts completely into a puddle to the point that when she melts, yes, with a lot of the melting, the eyes close and everything, and unless, again, depending on the situation and everything, it was described to me at one point by somebody as taking, like, a short nap. Yeah, that's how somebody described it to me, uh, basically. But getting back on point, like I said, going back to Minerva, you know, Minerva ends up basically in, in Moon over Minerva, which was the first one aired before Meet Minerva. I know, confusing. She ends up doing her version of the... She, or she ends up doing her, her version of the love for Mel, basically taking her turn at it. And unlike Wilford, when he did it, Wilford, who's now in a werewolf Fabio-like uh, form because he's a werewolf, after she ends up melting, he literally picks her up and says, "Ma, you're acting mighty strange." And as he's talking to her, he rings her out like she's a wet towel just to reform her. Because again, if he didn't do that, guess what? He could have gone off, got something to eat, went saw a movie, maybe got you know, you know, a session of tennis practicing or whatever. Just just an example. throwing out there and come back and she would still been laying there as a melted puddle that's that's about it the same with believe it or not going to the male side of things because you know there's a lot of female I talk about you know I'm bringing up here and again this all has to do with the fact that that's how TV tropes kind of looks at it that mostly it's a female's version of a I guess you could say orgasmic moment, if you will, orgasmic moment, if you will, but anyway, going on to the male side, because the male characters do it as well, you know, you have Plucky in the Acme Bowl, after, you know, he gets, um, you know, after he's, because basically, long story short on that, Plucky makes it look like he's going to portray Acme Lou to Perfecto Prep, but he's actually a double agent, kind of, he's basically, you know, undercover, double agent style. And uh, what happens is, he's, as he's infiltrating them, kind of making, it, making Perfecto Prep think, yeah, I'm on your side and everything, you know, whatever, they introduce him to a character called Margot, Margot Mallard, who is essentially basically the female Perfecto Prep rival of Shirley the Lou. Anyway, long story short, yes, you know, when Plucky sees her, he gets, you know, taken by her. He gets, you know, um, you know attracted to her and, you know, amored you know, by her and all that. And everything, you know, get, basically he gets enticed by, you know, how she looks. And what happens is as he introduces himself to her and kind of, you know, be, you know, the plucky that kind of has to, you know, be a suave dude by saying, hey, I'm plucky but you can call me yours. She fondles him a little by saying, you know, she wouldn't mind ruffling his feathers And he ends up basically, you know, doing a a big old sigh sigh and all that and just literally melting right in the the jacuzzi in the hot tub into a green puddle. And afterwards, what happens is after Margo goes to her real boyfriend asking, well, how long do I got to keep doing this? And he kind of gives her, you know, sort of a timetable and everything. We see Roderick, who is basically Roderick Rad, who is basically Buster's rival uh, from Perfecto Prep in the series. He literally picks up Plucky with a glass, of, with basically a glass. He basically takes a cup or a glass of you and scoops Plucky up out of the out of the jacuzzi and dumps the thing, you know, down to reform him. Because you know, as because as he's doing this, what you see of Plucky is nothing more than just a green puddle with eyes staring up in the sky, like, "Yep, I'm just a puddle now. This is where I belong," you know. And again you know, kind of, and basically just waving around with the, the you know, the bubbles of, of the jacuzzi and everything, just going along with it. Is it, like I said, basically acting like, yeah, I'm just a puddle, I'm part of the jacuzzi now, I'm just part of the jacuzzi, where I belong. Roderick has to literally just scoop him up and dump him out, if you know what I mean. You know, that's, that's what he, and that's a car in the background. But yeah, that's literally what Roderick has to do, <laughs> you know, just to reform Plucky, because if not, what they could have done easily is just pull the plug or unplug the tu- unplug the jacuzzi and plucky would have gone down the drain, you know, with um you know, with the tub and not have a care in the world. Literally. Not have a care in the world. And he kinda of similarly and he did something similar to this in their homage to the Duck Twacy uh, short from the nineteen thirties, forties, if you will. When they did Pluck Tracy, when they did that, and he was getting fondled by the same uh, char- by uh, by uh, basically a character we'd seen before in playing Daffy, the you know, Margaret uh, Marahaza or whatever her name is. So basically, he ends up, you know, doing that again, and she and he becomes a basically a puddle on the ground, smiling and everything, eyes and all that. And she basically opens a trap door, and he just goes down there almost, like, without a care until we do see him kind of reform as he's going down. Well, basically, we do see him reformed as he's going down and everything, screaming. But the point that I'm getting at, the point that I'm getting at is it takes, you know, certain, it takes other characters to help these characters reform, you know, back to normal. Now, you might say, well, did Babs kind of do that being, you know... Um, I guess you could say in admiration, you know, doing her lustful melt in admiration of the royal couple. Well, you can kind of say say that she did. You can kind of say that. But technically, it was, I guess, it, well, yeah, you can kind of say that. I mean, but technically, it was kind of like she did it on her own. But you might say her friends running through her is kind of what woke her up and everything, to be like, okay, you gotta you know wake up, or else you're gonna... You know, unless you're going to stay this way for, for the rest of your life or something, so I don't, I don't know, but yeah, you know, but yeah, the Lustful milk Cake definitely, like I said, has different variations. And again, I will provide uh, a, a link to the video at the end um, for you guys to, to check it out. And if you are listening to this through the, through the podcast, the BWRS Discussions podcast. I'll provide the link to the video in the description if I can as well. But, like I said, there's other, other, you know, other means as to why people like the melting. They really do. Sometimes the lustful melt to them can come in a different way, in a different kind of form. But, but what form could that be? well that form could be if some character has the powers of elastic ability or slime or goo basically mostly elastic ability and malleability and and all that you know kind of basically very like having the power similar to let's say elastic girl in incredibles or ink in clay woman from dc and stuff like that you know basically having those kind of powers or even plastic woman because yes they want to do a plastic woman movie instead of a plastic man movie and i guess they would be using uh, doom's plastic woman or basically an alternate an uh, an elseworld version of plastic woman or something or even like that female character what's her name platinum from the Metal Men. yeah those kind of characters but long story short That's another way people like the lustful milk cake, and they utilize it more in that style. And once again, with no uh, no offense when I say it, all due respect, no offense, because I'm sure they feel the same way, they use mostly female characters to have these kind of powers. And why? Because, again, it's all about the imagination. It's all about, you know, visualizing. You know, it's all about visualizing um, what potentially could be in, the com- in let's say, the comic they're working on, the animation they're working on, whether it's Flash 2D animation, Toon Boom animation, whether it's SFM animation, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's all based on what they want to come up with from a visual style. That That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. You know, what they want to, you know, basically uh, bring... You know, to the table, and it's also the same way when it comes to written works. You know, sometimes you know, just because you can't see it, unless somebody wants to do a comic adaptation of your story, you know, in some capacity. Just because you can't see it, doesn't mean you can't visualize it in your head, and that's how a lot of, and that's how a lot of stories sometimes, you know. Uh, comes to life with, you know, female characters with these powers. Matter of fact, one of the stories that I follow a lot uh, recently, and one of the buses just showed up right now, it's the 40 bus. Not not the bus I take, which would be 45W, it's the 40 bus. But um, basically, long story short, like I said, one of the stories I've been following for quite some time, which is Metamorphosize to Malleability, you know, That story has its main character with the powers of elastic ability, shape-shifting, and all that. Basically being able to become anyone or anything she wants, including even, you know, melting into a puddle of goop. That's that's basically what, you know, what her character can do. And because in the story she has a fiancé named Crystal, yes, a lesbian fiancé, Who is amored and in admiration and enticed by her girlfriend Briella's powers sometimes what crystal will do when they get intimate in their stories or in the moment in you know in the stories basically depending on you know what the you know what the certain chapter or scene calls for uh, basically you know basically crystal will cause Briella to melt Literally, she will do that. And there's more stories than just that, too. There are other stories as well, besides metamorphosis and ability. In fact, when it comes to the lustful milk gag, you know, and everybody being behind it, people have, you know, people actually have dedicated, believe it or not, an entire month to this trope. They have. And instead of calling it lustful melting may, they just call it melting may. Because they can come up with any kind of scenarios to play around with it. But at the end of the day, hey, the you know this but at the end of the day, the thing that happens the most is a character, mostly a female one, and I gave, and again I say that with all due respect, no offense, because that's what a lot of people use, you know, in this in these stories. You know, the female one always ends up melting into a puddle or females I should say always end up melting into a puddle no matter the circumstance they do in fact there's a story that one person who dedicates their entire diva page to nothing but melting Or at least he's at least a one of them it's a commission they did called the spy who shaped me and the main character is a shape-shifting spy that can also melt If they get into a certain mood, and you know there's various moments in the story that they do, to the point that one one moment has a melt basically into a puddle of goop, to you know to the point that they features like the eyes and face just ripple away, temporarily, you know to um, just enjoy the relaxation they're in, and my bus has just arrived now, Uh, but anyway. Anyway, long story short, guys, long story short, it's, long story short, like I said, guys, it's, you know, one of those situations to where basically, basically, you know, you know, these are the kind of stories that are up to the imagination. And the, again, there are people that will visualize, visually try to bring those to life, if they can. They can, you know, down the line. But yeah, it's all. But yeah, again, I'm not the only one that enjoys this gag. I don't. And in the 15 years of this channel, I've come to realize that. on for a sec. Sorry about that. I was trying to unlock my phone to pause this. But anyway, like I said, in the 15 years in closing, that's what I've come to like about this channel and appreciate about this channel. The fact that I can the fact that I can actually, you know, you know, discover and find out through YouTube and through other various places that I am not the only one that I um, appreciate and, uh, am an affa- and am a fan of the Lusville milk Gag and the Melting Gag, you know, in general. But anyway, though, guys, I'm going to board my bus now so I can get home tonight uh, back to Newman. But let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know if any of you have been a fan of the Lusville Melt Gag. Let me know how you became a fan. What interpretations do you like of it, of the Lustville milk Gag and the Melting Gag in general? Like what, you know, what do you prefer more about it? You know, when you're hearing about it or reading about it or watching it, what do you prefer more? And until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. I am out. Take care.